Hello, this is Jaden Fender. We want to thank you for listening today. We would love to connect with you on social media. Now let's go into the live message. Paul said in the book of Romans, For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Kenneth Hagin was one of the greatest Bible teachers I've ever heard and ever known. And Brother Hagin said that this verse means that he gives to every saint of God faith. I don't really believe that. I believe God gives every man faith, saved and unsaved. It is without faith and the total eclipse of faith that people become suicidal and give up. When you see people in the world that are not Christians but they succeed, it's because they have the faith that God has put in them. And last but not least, Paul would write to the Hebrews and say, but without faith it is impossible to please God. I know that everybody in this building wants to please God. So without faith it's impossible to please God. And he said, this is what faith is. You must believe that God is. To have faith, you must believe there is a God. And then this is what you believe about that God, that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. There are many Christians today that will teach you that God doesn't reward people. They say there is a God. He saves you, but thereafter God withholds every good thing from you. He never rewards you. That's simply not true. Paul said you've got to believe not only that he is, but he is a rewarder in that diligently seek him. I'm talking about fighting for my faith, but generally I'm talking about my faith fights for me. I preached a sermon years ago called My Faith Fights for Me. My faith fights feeling. You know, feeling is one of the biggest enemies that we have, where we just do What is the way we feel? I can't tell you how many times a day. I don't even know, but it's lots. How many times a day I have to override my feeling. I don't feel like doing that. I don't feel like going there. I don't feel like saying that. I don't feel like being that. But when I have real faith, my faith fights my feeling. It doesn't matter what I feel like. I know that there is a reward if I will do and be and go where God wants me to be and go. God knows, and God wants me to. So my faith fights my feelings. Faith fights my facts. Sometimes the facts are just not right. Facts are when you get a report from your accountant or your banker. It's just not what it it ought to be. Facts are when the doctor comes out and gives you a bad report. People that are not of faith, they immediately give in to what the accountant or the doctor or the lawyer says or what their family member says, what their mother-in-law says. But when you have real faith, your faith will fight the facts. That's what the Bible is. It's a collection of stories about people that fought facts and God intervened for them supernaturally. When you read the story of Abraham and Sarah having a baby at 100 years of age, it's just an amazing story. You've either got to say, I don't believe the Bible, or you've got to realize that faith can fight facts. 
I can't imagine having a baby when you're 100 years old. Becky said God knew what he was doing in having young people to have babies when they had the energy to chase after them. And that's the truth. These little kids are just boundless in their energy. But Abraham and Sarah at 190 years of age had a baby. That, said, that boggles my mind. People that don't believe the Bible just can't believe the stories of the Bible. Friend, my faith has become so solidified and so strong, I don't care what the world says. I don't care what the facts are. The things I always struggle with as a, as a, as a young man is archaeology. When they dig up those bones and say these bones are 60 million years of age, say, how do you, how do you, how do you qualify that with a Bible? I don't. I just say I don't know, but I trust God. My faith is in God stronger than any scientist and all scientists. My faith is in God stronger than all the philosophies of man. And faith, my faith fights fear. It is just normal for your flesh to be fearful. I'm going to run out of money. I'm going to, I, I, I've been around people that would say, I had a friend of mine that he, he would say every day, Brother Steve, I'm just afraid I'm going to get cancer. He would say that every day, and he got cancer. That's a terrible confession. That's the voice of fear. But faith delivers me from fear. Faith tells me that God is greater than whatever the fears are in this world. Whatever's going on around the world, around the globe, or in your home, God is greater. God is greater. And my faith fights the future. Somebody said, you don't know what the future holds, but I believe that God has got me in the palm of his hand, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what is going on in the future. God will be there for me. So my faith is under attack every day. When I watch news, when I watch television, when I talk to people, they constantly attack your faith. But I want to tell you that I'm fighting for my faith. I have to fight for my faith. My faith is my life. And my faith is amazing. Because my faith sees things that are invisible. You know, it's a terrible life. When all you can see is those things that are tangible before you, it's hard to dream, it's hard to be inspired, it's hard to have aspirations, because all you can see is that which is visible before you. But God's taught me and helped me to see that which is invisible. When I walk into a situation, I see how it's supposed to turn out, not how it is, how it's supposed to turn out. When I... When I came to San Antonio, when Becky and I came to San Antonio, we didn't have any money. We had no money. But I was young in my 20s, and real estate people were very receptive to me. They'd, I'd tell them what I wanted to do, and they'd ask, well, how much money? I don't have no money. But they'd drive me around and show me things. They were very nice to me. But I had a vision. I had faith. I could see this building. I could see a congregation like this, even though it was invisible. God wants you to be like that, that you'll see things as you desire them to be. You'll see things as you know God can make them, and you won't see things as they are 
or as the devil tells you they're going to be. You see that which is invisible. You remember when Elisha and his servant was outnumbered and they were totally overcome by the numbers of people and the servant was ready just to surrender? What did Elisha say? Elisha said, God, open my servant's eyes. And when he opened his servant's eyes, the servant said, my Lord, my God, the hills are full of the horsemen of the Lord, and they that be with us are more than those that are against us. I went to Fort Worth, Texas years ago to start a revival in a great church. We rumbled along there a few days, but suddenly there was a great presence of God. And the man playing the piano, which was not an overly spiritual man, greatly talented man, he fell off, just fell off the piano and just laid out there, which was unusual for him. They'd never seen him do that before. And when we got him up on his feet and got him awakened, he said, what happened to you, David? He said, I saw this building full of angels. He said, angels are walking up and down these aisles. And he said they were trying to get people to lift their hands and worship the Lord because they know what can happen when people worship the Lord. I would suggest to you, I would suggest to you that there are angels in this building. And as your faith is, so be it unto you. The last words my daddy ever said right across the road in that little house where he lived as I was standing by his bedside. He said to me, son, who is the big man standing by the door? I looked. I didn't see anything. And when I looked back at my daddy, his eyes were closed. His breath had ceased, and he had already stepped into the presence of the Lord. But he saw that angel. It would shock you if you knew the angel. The Bible said he's assigned angels to you to have charge over you. And they're in this building right now. But your faith is under attack because more than anything, the devil knows if you get strong in faith, you will save yourself and you'll win souls to Christ and you will defeat the kingdom of darkness. So the devil wants to fight your faith more than anything. But you've got to fight for your faith and say, I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what the circumstances are. I know my God is going to make a way where there is no way. Praise God. And I see some things the normal person can't see. I had a pastor friend. He died now, but when I first started this building, he was here in town, and he'd come by every once in a while. And finally he said to me one day, he said, Brother Steve, I'm just so worried about you building this big building. He said, I'm afraid you're going to run out of money. I'm afraid for you. And then he looked at me and said, and you're not afraid at all, are you? I said, no, I see the Lord helping me. The Lord is on my side. And I see angels helping me. And that brother's in heaven now. But he lived long enough to see this building up. He'd come by and just be outside. And he'd say, brother, you did it. You did it. I didn't do it. The Lord did it for me. The Lord did it for me. So my faith, I've got to fight for it because it causes me to see things, to see things that other people do not see. My faith, it motivates me to, to escape slavery. I like what, what Paul said. He said, my faith, by faith, 
he forsook Egypt, talking about Moses, he forsook Egypt, Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. When you see him who is invisible, it will motivate you to escape slavery. Slavery is the worst thing in the world. That one man would have another person enslaved. It's the worst thing in the world. But it's just as bad to be enslaved by fear, by demons, by the lack of desire. But praise God, Paul said his faith motivated him to escape slavery. It empowered him to be fearless of ungodly leaders. And it gave him the strength to endure. Never quit. That's what my faith does. Never quit. So I fight for my faith. I fight for my faith, praise God. Secondly, my faith causes me to hear the inaudible. I hear things that other people can't hear. When you hear things other people can't hear, they're going to think you're a little strange. They're going to think you are a little strange. But that happened to Jesus. Jesus was walking with people, and all of a sudden the Father spoke and he said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased, and Christ was baptized. The Bible said, the people, therefore, that stood by and heard it, they said it thundered. But others said an angel spake to him. But Jesus said, my father spoke. I heard the voice of God. And friend, if you get to the place in your faith that God wants you, you will hear things that other people do not hear just as sure. It might not be audible, but it'll be just as strong and loud as audible. You'll hear the voice of God, and God will direct you with dealing with your family, with your money, with your business, with your brothers and sisters. He will deal with you on how you are to pray and receive the blessings. My ears hear the things that other people do not hear. And praise God when I hear that. It doesn't matter what people say. Once you hear the voice of God, you can stand firm and say, let health send its best weapons against me, but I won't fail and I won't falter because I see him who is invisible. I hear that which is inaudible. And thirdly, my faith embraces the impossible. I'm just always amazed when I see things that are impossible come to pass. But God will do it. God will do it. When I started this church, I had a friend. He was three or four years older than I was. And he and I were very good friends, so we made a pact. We were going to start churches on the same day. Me here and he in another state. And so I called him after our first service, and I said, well, I had six people. How many did you have? He said, Brother Steve, I didn't start today. He said, I got to look in this week at how high interest rates were and how high gasoline was, and I thought it wasn't a good day, a good time to start. I'm going to wait a while until interest rates come down and gasoline is cheaper. He never got to start that church. He took a little church and pastored a little church. It was just a fledgling little church all the days of his life, and he's died and gone to heaven now. But he missed out on what God would call him to do because he just didn't believe God can do the impossible. 
Ladies and gentlemen, I am convinced that God can do the impossible. When I'm dealing with money, I believe God can do the impossible. When I'm dealing with health, I believe God can do the impossible. Praise God. I don't just pray for you and lay hands on you. I lay hands on myself. I lay hands on myself. I'll just anoint myself, lay my, just talk in tongues, say in the name of Jesus. I expect God to get into my heart, into my veins, into my arteries, into my kidneys, into my lungs, into my brain. You say, that's impossible. Not if you believe what I believe. I believe that God is my creator. You'll always, it's more expensive to take your car back where you bought it, but you're going to do better to get your car fixed at your manufacturer. I've got, a, I've got a guy that fixes my stuff, and he's a whole lot cheaper than Ford is or Lincoln is, and I let him do the small thing. When it gets real serious, I take it back to Lincoln. Oh, it's going to be expensive, but guess what? They've got the spare parts. That's their car. Friend, God made me in his image. And I can go to the doctors, and I do. But sometimes the doctors say, I don't have the spare parts. I can't do anything for you. But when I go to God, I expect him to do the impossible. Because he made this body, he's got the spare parts. And God is in this room right now. And God is calling you. God is calling you to a greater faith. I preached this sermon one time, and I thought it was really cute. But every time Jesus said, oh, ye of little faith, do you think that's a rebuke? Well, it is. Oh, ye of little faith. He said that several times in the Bible, and it's a rebuke. But following that rebuke, after he said, oh, ye of little faith, God would work a miracle. Ladies and gentlemen, God wants to do that in your life. It doesn't have, you don't have to have a worldwide ministry. You don't have to be somebody that's renowned for God to work miracles in your life. You've got to believe that God is there even when it's invisible. Even when you can't hear it with a natural ear, you can hear the voice of God and the Word of God. And you've got to believe that God can do the impossible. So many times God has done the impossible in my life. So many times, just things that could not be done. I owned a farm in Illinois, Clay County, Illinois. Clay County, Illinois was white, Caucasian. If there was a person of color in that county, I don't know that. So I owned a farm there. I already lived here, but I actually owned two farms there. It's about 240 miles from Chicago. That's a long way. Those farms in Clay County, Illinois, were selling for about 200 an acre. And I just couldn't sell mine for that. I was asking a thousand, five times what was going economy. But I said, God, I need that miracle. So I put an ad in the Chicago paper 240 miles away. And three or four Hispanic guys answered the ad. My dad was still living there. He called me, and I said, Dad, I don't want nothing but cash. He said, well, there's four Hispanic guys that are here. And he said, they got 50% of the cash. They don't have it all, but they got half of it. And he said, they work in a lumber company. He said, they're immigrants, legal immigrants from Mexico. 
But he said they work in Chicago, and they've been there for a long time. The youngest has been there 18 years, and the oldest has been there 21 years. It's an uncle and three brothers. And he said, they want this farm so bad. And they want, I said, I want all cash. He said, I called their employer, and their employer said they've worked for him from 18 to 21 years, and not one of them have ever missed a day's work. I said, now that's what we're looking for in this country. I said, tell them I'll take half down. They got to pay the other half when they can. It was $1,000 an acre. And they called me in about six months and said, Pastor Steve, we want to meet you. I'd never even met him yet. We want to meet you at the title company. We got the rest of the money. And when I went there, they had a suitcase with the rest of the money in that suitcase. They had pooled all of their money. Oh, it was a blessing to me. And I became friends with them. And when my brother got killed, they were at his funeral. Just wonderful people. But somebody said, you just can't do that. You know, number one, there's no people of color. Oh, yeah, there was then. And so I had another farm right next to it, and an Italian man called me, and he said, I own a sports bar right across the road from Wrigley Field in Chicago, but I want a farm. And he said, I want your farm. He came down and wrote me a check for it just like that. Those were miracles. God takes care of me. That's the reason why I can give and I can sow. Because I hear that which other people can't hear. I see that which other people can't see. And I believe God for the impossible. I believe that God can take a cancer and dry it up just like that. Boom. Just like that. I believe God can totally... Take leukemia out of your body just like that, Brother Warren. Praise God. I believe God can open your eyes. And they were blind, and now you can see. God is able. God is more than able. And there are people in this building that have specific needs in your life. And God is saying to you right now, hear me, I'm speaking to you. Get up. Get up and believe God. Hear what I'm saying. I am your healer and I am your deliverer. God is saying that to you right now as you're coming. In the name of Jesus, God is your miracle worker. Come right on. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, God is saying that. God's saying, hear me. See me. I say, God, open the people's eyes like you did Elisha's servant. Open their eyes and let them see the angels that are in this building. Let them hear the voice of God that is speaking in the name of Christ. And, Lord, let them embrace that which is invisible. God is in this room right now. The Bible said he will withhold no good thing from you. Now, friend, in order for me to embrace that, I've got to come against secular education. I've got to come against many Christian pastors that say God doesn't do that anymore. But I'm going to believe the Word of God. I believe that God will not withhold anything from me.